And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 167, aka season 2, episode 35, uh, coming at you this Saturday morning. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since we still have phone numbers for you to call and, and you know, phones to pick up on our end, uh, here's those numbers. 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so what is going on with you this week, MC? Um, well, I saw a really f- fun video of, uh, of a cop uh, beating, the, beating the crap out of a uh, you know, small girl or a small lady. She's, she's 20 years old. Um, clearly uh, not not uh of legal age to to be anywhere around alcohol because it's it's so dangerous uh that we need these brave officers to protect us from unopened cans of alcohol um so anyway uh the the video that went that went viral was uh, a a cop beating up a a girl on a beach and uh the the follow-up video uh was from the cop's body cam and that was supposed to make it seem like uh like she oh maybe she deserved it and and it's it's really frightening because uh, all the comments uh how many of them were on the cop's side um total uh you know statist um that uh you know expect everybody to yeah and and from my opinion she especially from the beginning she was totally cooperating with them they they had her blow in this machine right hey you know blow in this machine she's like okay whatever i wasn't drinking so i'll blow in the machine so uh so so the cops uh suspect this girl of um Assuming alcohol because on the on the beach where it's illegal, uh, because she has an open, or, sorry, unopened can of uh, twisty teas alcoholic beverage, and and she's just she's just laying there, you know, totally peaceful, not bothering anybody, not doing anything. Okay. Um, and so they they approach her and start making a scene and say, well, can you blow into this thing? And at that point, it's everything's totally fine. Like she's like, all right, whatever. Well, you know, blowing the machine it didn't work, or it came back negative. So they had her do it twice. So she's she does it twice, and by this time she's like, you know, she's getting kind of annoyed, you know, right? Like, like it already came back negative. Like, you know, this can is unopened. Like, just reasonably just so, like, yeah. And uh, so they uh, harass the person that she's with, um, and then uh, then they decide. Uh, to find out whose alcohol that is. And so they say, you know, whose is it? She says, well, it's my aunt's, you know, I'll, I'll call her and uh, have her come over here. And, uh, you know, of course it's a beach. Maybe she's in the water. Who knows? Like, you know, <laughs> it might take a while for the you know, owner of the beer to come around again. And, uh, and so the cop starts getting frustrated because he's not getting exactly what he wants immediately. And right. Uh, which is the owner to come, come swimming out of the water. Yeah, to... or wherever, or wherever they're at, you know, yeah. maybe they do have their phone, and uh, so, and, and she tells them like, like you're wasting my time. You you can you can uh, you know waste your time a little bit longer, uh, you know, because you're wasting my time. 
uh, and just sit around for five minutes or you can go away. You know, that's your choice. Like, yeah. you don't have to do this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, Did she totally... pull the am I free to go line and then just walk away from him? No, no, she's not. She's not, uh, you know, politically aware at all. She's just like okay. just asserting her rights. Like, you know, you can't do this. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong. Just like you can't touch me. Like, you can't arrest me. You can't do anything. Like, I'm not. I'm not guilty of anything. <laughs> right. Um, and so at, at that point, they ask for her last name. She's like, "I'm not giving you my last name." And so he says, "All right, all right, I'm done with you." I'm like, okay, done with you would mean. I'm going to walk away. Yeah. But to a cop, that means I'm going to assault you. And so she gets, you know, defensive, like, you know, somebody told me, told me that and started coming out towards me. I would, I would consider that assault too. Like, yep. What are you doing? You're done with me. Like, that's a threat. (laughs) You know, you're coming at me after saying you're done with me. I'm like, oh crap. And, and and we, the people have the right to resist unlawful arrests to the death if necessary. Just putting that uh, out there. And then uh, she says, don't touch me. And he says, you're about to get dropped. Like, that is definitely threat, right? Yeah. So then she, she's backing up and, you know, trying to get away. And he's chasing her. And, uh, and that's when, you know, he gets close enough and she puts her, her hands out, you know, on, uh, on his chest, like, to, you know, push him away. And, uh, and that's when he tackles her and, and uh, uh chokes her a little bit and uh and starts punching her and of course during that time you know her feet are flailing and and the other cop says he was kicked uh oh so assault you know, on a police she, officer right and so you know she's getting you know choked and and punched in the head and <laughs> you know it's like, oh and and now she's assaulting somebody like this doesn't you know the cops are cops are fucking stupid but uh, so that was that was what basically happened and uh and somehow people are defending the actions of the cop yeah like so you should just the people half the people said she got what she deserved like for what for not drinking on the beach oh no it's because she didn't respect authority she didn't bow down to everything the cops said you know she because because all she wanted to do was lay on the beach she got what she deserved. Okay. Like, that's a big one. <laughs> that's a big one. And that comes up a lot from the right um, in their, in their uh, racial barrage against uh, like blacks and, and other people on the left when it comes to police abuse. You know, they, they will say like, well, you, you wouldn't get abused if you would just like obey the cop. Right. right. Like if you do what the cop tells you, then you don't, then you don't get hit. Yeah. Um, and and so, then they and ignore so all the stories where that's not I the case. I don't know if, if they need to change or, or make a law, you know, you know, just so everybody else knows, like, because there isn't a law that says you have to do everything a cop says. Like that would be insane. Right. And it's also not a law. Like, yeah. It's not a law. It's, it's, and it would be insane. Um, right. So, but pragmatically, but for, pragmatically, right? Well that's, well, that's what the that's what the the status believe, even though yes. it's not written anywhere. That's their belief system. Yes. And that, uh, you know, bowing down to the state is the right thing to do, the just thing to do, the noble thing. You know, like it's 
I mean, you have to be uh, totally brainwashed and, and brain dead to think that doing everything a cop says is, is the right thing to do. Now, yes. so, sometimes you, you might do it to, you know, avoid getting beat up, but that doesn't mean you deserve to get beat up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not even defending those people. I'm just saying the, the argument is made that, you know, c compliance with compliance with the law officer, like the, you know, the, the five-year-old with the gun, like the, you know, the, the mentally challenged five-year-old with the gun, right. Is, is your best case, you know, your, your best option to like not get assaulted. Right. And anything that happens after that, um, is, you know, your opportunity to, to prove your innocence or whatever. Um, so in her case, right, it's just, it's go along with the officer, get bothered, get harassed, maybe even like go to jail and then have the charges dropped later. Meanwhile, she misses her day at the beach and that like never gets back. Yeah. Right. That That's except, part of the, go ahead. Except I'm sure in her case, she wasn't even thinking that, you know, she was, it was basically something that just happened and she was getting assaulted and, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, you know, congrats to her. I mean, that. I mean, she, she did everything right, in my opinion. The cops were 100% wrong. Um, I think if you watch the video, you'd, you'd agree with me. that yeah. Especially at the beginning. She was, she, was total, she was, you know, there's no reason for her to even blow in the machine. You know, she yeah. could have given him the finger. I wouldn't have even done that. Right. Like, <laughs> like, who do you think you are? Like, <laughs> I, I and, think... and she, she told him her age. She could have lied. She just said, I'm, I'm 21. And then they would have been, well, give me your ID. You know, and, and then she, at that point, you know, still she would have been right. You know, like, no, it's not yeah. your business. <laughs> it's there was one time that I was um, I was working as a door to door salesman, which is already a sketchy job. And I understand that. So people call the cops all the time because, well, whatever. Um, but it's 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 like I am because I'm on the clock. I am as nice, as compliant as possible until, you know, I and until someone else is like caught in a lie, right? Like once I know they're messing around with me, then that's when all bets are off. So like in her case, you know, if, if, if I were her, I probably would not have blown into the breastalizer. I probably wouldn't have answered anything more than I'm legally required to answer. Um, and a lot of times, right? Like, you know, because I know, you know, like name and address is about all that you have to provide in most situations. Um, you don't even have to show ID, right? Just like, you know, what's your name and where you live and they can look it up. Um, so a lot of times when they start asking other questions and I say, I, you know, decline to answer or whatever. And they go, you have to answer. And I go, well, let's wait a minute here. Am I required by law to answer? Right. You know, but I, I, but I also understand your point that she was, she is not, you know, politically motivated at all in this scenario. She just wants to enjoy her day on the beach and she happens to have a, you know, a, a can of sealed alcoholic beverage nearby, right? That doesn't even belong to her. And there's no way that they can prove that it's hers to begin with. Um, okay. So more more situations like this where people stand up for their own personal rights um, is always a good thing, right? And, and the unfortunate thing is more people, hopefully more people will see the video and get behind her um, and assert their rights uh, and assert their liberties, uh, more importantly, to to do as they please, so long as they're not harming anybody else. Yeah. So even if the the law was just on, on that beach, like uh, you know, no alcohol for minors, um, you know, a real simple way, you know, the cop could have been, you know, not the worst cop in the world, uh, would be to just hang back, wait, and see if he drinks it, 
you know? Yeah, who drinks then- it? <laughs> I, I witnessed the consumption. And then walk over there. Oh, how old are you? Or even say, how old are you? And then walk away. And then, and then, and then watch and say, oh, is she drinking or not? You know, it's like, seriously, yeah. not that big a deal. It's not, it's not a big deal enough to warrant punching somebody in the head repeatedly, uh, you know, tackling them in the sand and just, and just, you know, causing, you know, from what he said, causing a scene, he, 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 in the video, he claims that she was causing a scene. It's like, I'm not causing a scene. Like you're here, like go away. Yeah. <laughs> I know I was talking to, uh, uh, my coworker last night because like we, we both ride mopeds and she and her boyfriend are like, I don't know the boyfriend, but they're like way more into like moped culture than I am here locally. Um, and so she said like, they got, they were like at a gas station or something and she got like stopped, you know, by an officer and questioned. Right. And like one of the first questions, um, that the officer asked was like, you know, are, are these bikes stolen? Right. Like, you know, I'm like, I hope he didn't answer that. You know, like either way that he's, they're like, they're always fishing for information. And I'm like, you know, if it, uh, you know, so I, I was trying to talk to her, but we got busy, so I didn't have the full conversation. But the what I wanted to tell her at the end was, like, even if the cop seems nice afterwards, right? Like, he changed, she said the cop changed tactics. Like, he was all mean at first, and then when he realized that it wasn't really stolen, then he was just, like, asking them questions, like, about, you know, about the bike, what they do, where they're headed, and all that other fun st- stuff in a nice way. I'm like, well, he's still fishing for information, right? He's still, he's still like on the clock in uniform with the badge and the gun asking you questions. Now, if he, if, if he's doing good cop, bad cop by himself, you know, that's, that's a little weird. Um, but you still, you know, you still shouldn't answer his questions, um, because he's fishing for something like he's trying to, he's trying to get you to say or do something, um, that gives him like, you know, reasonable suspicion or probable cause to do something to you. Um, steal your money or steal your liberty or whatever it happens to be. Um, and the, and the sooner you can like remove yourself from the situation, the better. Um, and the same on the beach, right? Like, you know, blow it, blow into the breathalyzer, blow it into it again, right? Oh, it didn't work. You know, let's try it again. You know, just fishing, fishing for a false positive, probably even, um, when, like you said, MC, even if, and I'm not even going to grant like, you know, underage drinking is like a just law, but if it's the, if it's the rule on the beach, and you accept that it's the rule on the beach, which I don't, but if you do, right, then you actually have to like witness the crime being committed, right? This is not, I've, I've never been a big fan of like minority report pre-crime action on, on the, uh, on behalf of the police or anything like that, where they go like, well, we're preventing a crime from being committed. You know, like we're, we're stopping crimes before they happen. Like, well, no, you, that's, that's impossible. It's not even like what you're supposed to do. You can't even do that. Like, you know, if the crime hasn't happened yet, you have, you have no reason to be here. You know, you, you investigate and, and bring justice after the fact. Um, you may be able to deter crime with your presence, uh, but stopping people, harassing people, arresting people prior to actually committing any offense, um, is, is folly in my opinion. And just, and to harass her for, for having a closed can, right. You know, like, like as if a minor, uh, as if a minor can't have a closed can of alcohol, you know, uh, on the beach or otherwise, right? Like if you sent your kid to the refrigerator and said, you know, bring me a beer, boy. And he comes walking back, right? That does not imply that he's like in possession of alcohol and, you know, with intent to consume, right? You know, putting it in the shopping, (laughs) putting it in the shopping cart and having them carry the bag out, right? Is the same situation. And that happened to me and a buddy of mine. 
um, a long time ago where, you know, we, a, uh, I, w- I was actually buying him beer cause he was underage and he couldn't do it. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'll buy it for you. Um, but I'm not carrying that shit cause that 20, that case is heavy, dude, you carry it. And so we're walking out the door and the clerk goes, um, he can't carry that. Uh, why not? It's like, it's against the law. Oh, uh, he's not drinking it. He's just carrying it. You know, and she's like, he can't do it. I'm like, dude, see if you can carry that. Like just physically like pick it up. And he picked up the case and I went, looks like he can. And then we left. <laughs> right. And she was like, Oh my, Oh my God. And I'm like, are you going to call the cops? You know, like, you know, he's carrying it for me. Right. As, as far, but, as far as you know, he's carrying it for me. And there's, there's nothing wrong with him holding, holding a closed can of beverage. Yeah. I mean, fr- from their perspective, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they don't want the cops to think that they're selling a minor alcohol. So yeah. So let's just I, hush, I hush, see, keep this between us. Uh, yeah. I mean, if it's, a, if it's, Deals or whatever, but um, yeah. but still, I mean, I kind of, I kind of can see it from there, but, but I mean, it, 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 I guess it depends. Like, I also know that there were like uh, again because I'm a participant in the Free State Project, and I was, I was, I followed the community activities a lot more in the past than I do currently. Um, you know, for for a number of different reasons, um, but I know that they've done activism in the past where you know they they would carry um, alcoholic containers. Right. Like, you know, um, beer cans and beer bottles filled with water. Right. Just just to like provoke and to instigate the cops for like, you know, drink drinking in public. Right. And then like, nope, just water, just water. Like nothing, nothing wrong with putting water in the bottle that says Budweiser. Just water. You know, can't again. I'm not drinking alcohol. I'm not consuming alcohol. I'm not possession in any alcohol. I'm in possession of a glass bottle with water inside of it. Um, and I think that may, that now that I think of it, that might be a reason why I'm not as active, um, in following that is because like that at one point in time, that seemed fun. Um, and I was like, fuck yeah, totally. Let's go, let's, let's go do that, um, type of thing. And maybe, maybe I've mellowed, um, in my anarchy a little bit. I I, I hope to think not, um, but now I go like, well, if they don't bring the fight to me, I just, I won't, I'm not, you know, I'm not out there with the stick poking the bear, um, but I'll, I'll damn sure fight the bear if, you know, if the bear approaches, right. Kind of a thing like, you know, um, the, as, as best of my ability, despite having this, having this podcast, um, from the, the talk we had a few weeks ago, MC with the, you know, oh man, I forget the dude's name, the special guest that we had at one of our events, um, where he said, just kind of lay low, hang out below the radar, give them, give them crumbs, but keep the main part of the bread to yourself. Um, you know, it's kind of like, that's kind of how I feel now. Like I, I don't go, I don't go instigating. I don't go seeking attention. Uh, but if it happens to come to me, then I'm, I'm all for, um, doing my best to, to make the most out of it and, and give them hell when they do. But yeah, I always thought that was fun. You know, you, you, you're going to go to the beach um, you take your, your Budweiser bottle, you put some water in it and then like, you just see what happens, right? There were prank, there's a, like a prank YouTube video where they go like, they're on the beach, like just offering people Coke. Hey man, you want some Coke? Hey, you want some Coke? Hey, you want some Coke? And then the, you know, the cops follow him back to their car and they've got like a, a cooler full of Coca-Cola that they were giving out to people. <laughs> <laughs> so stuff like that, you know, I think, I think is hilarious and funny and a good way to, um, uh, the, the term has been used like monkey wrench the system or just just dig in a little bit, you know, to get them. And, you know, while they're harassing you over Coca-Cola, 
um, they're not actively harassing anybody else. So it's, it's protective of the general public as well, right? The, the more cops you can keep off the street, the better. And if you can keep occupied doing nonsense stuff, uh, even more so. Your thoughts? <laughs> uh, sounds like fun, except for actually being around the cops. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we were, uh, anytime a cop walks into a room, I, it just kills the mood for me. Like, I don't even want, I don't even want to be there anymore. Just all the time. Right. Like, um, I, I, I'm going to share the whole story in a little bit, but like I left, I left the courthouse the other day and while I was in court, um, I watched part of a trial for uh, a lady who like, I guess got in trouble for making like an illegal U-turn or something like that because, um, the, the entrance, like, I guess the, the right of way to her, her, her home, um, is obstructed. So to legally get to her home, she has to like go all the way around the block. Um, but her next door neighbor's home is unobstructed. So if she goes like the wrong way for, you know, like 30 feet, right, then she's okay. But she's, she's going like the wrong way for 30 feet. Um, or she has to go like all the way around the block to get to her house. And this happened at like, you know, three o'clock in the morning or something like that. So, you know, there was, you know, barely a car on the road as the, as the um, cop was testifying to. Um, But she went the wrong way down this street, you know, to, you know, to to get to her house rather than go all the way around the block. Um, So as I was leaving the courthouse, I was like, shit, because there's so many cops around here, like I can't just make a U-turn in the street to go back out, right? Like it's a dead end street. You just loop around. And you head out. Um, and when I, because I listened to the cop's testimony and he's, and one of the questions they asked him was like, does she have any other way to do it? And she's like, well, yeah, she could have like turned this way and pulled into the shopping center, then exited the shopping center and come back down the right way to get to her house. You know, I was like, there's so many cops around because it's like, they were just in court that I can't just make this U-turn. So I have to like pull into the parking structure, drive around the parking thing, come exit the parking thing. And as I'm doing that, I fucking see a cop bust the illegal U-turn right there and then drive off like motherfuckers, <laughs> you know, like these clowns were just in there, you know, testifying against this lady for doing something as innocuous as that. And yet they step right out of the courthouse and do the exact same thing that they would have pulled her over for doing and would have pulled me over for doing uh, at the same time. So it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's that double standard you know, yet again, where they're, right. they're above the law and we're not. Well, there's, there's a, you know, that's, that's why they call it the blue line. They're not going to arrest themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, but uh, they should, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to believe in the concept of the good cop, he's got to be out there arresting the bad that's, cops. And that's why I think is, is, is funny about the, the status that, uh, that carry around uh, things with the, you know, the thin blue line on it. It's like, you do understand that means you don't want police accountability, right? Like, like you don't really, you don't care. The cops can do whatever they want. And, it's, and as long as they don't arrest themselves uh, for, you know, and, you know, things as bad as, as, as rape, you know, it's like, yeah. then, then they're okay with that. That's what the, yeah. blue, the blue line means, means exactly that. <laughs> but, but they'll admit that they don't want police accountability. They just don't want to be harassed, right? They're like, they're in the club. Right, you put the blue line sticker on your car, and you like you get you get special preferential treatment. 
right? You you put the bumper sticker on that says you're a donor to the you know the the police organization, the local police organization, and that's like you know that's that's don't bother this guy because you know he's he already contributes kind of a thing. Mm. Um, oddly enough, I was I was kind of thinking that and I was like comparing it to um, like the the movie V for Vendetta. Right. Where like, you know, party members. And I wonder I wonder what it takes to get to that point. Right. It kind of feels that way with with the cops and the thin blue line. Right. Where they're like, you're you're a party member. Right. You're 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 one. You're in the club um, and any dissension to that club or, you know, speaking out against it, um, put you in the line of fire for for bad things to happen because you are not you are not one of us. You're not in the club. Um, I think I was listening to like a radio show and I, I thought about it because they mentioned the word like the party um, as for I think for like Britain or one of those, you know, one uh, European country or whatever. And they said like the party. I went, wow, only one. Right. Like, I mean, we have two here, was, which is so much more fantastic than just one. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, it's like if, if you're if you're a part of the club, if you if you carry, you know, if you if you carry that label, um, then you're in. Right. Um and it's it's one of those it's it's a weird thing yeah. you know the the left right dynamic insofar yeah. well, as the go ahead kind of in in the U.S. it's it's like they 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 made the claim that everybody is a citizen and therefore everybody is like political um, so you know even though they don't call it a party you know they they assume everybody is a statist and then if you and then if you say oh no I'm not a citizen I'm just I'm just the people you know like then, then all of a sudden, now you're a weirdo. You're you, now you're the outsider. Yeah. So kind of like that. It's just, not one you know, of us. Not. Wait, it's not very put... well understood. You know the the system that that has been imposed uh, in the U.S. Um, but a lot of it was you know, by design. In, a lot of it was founded in in Britain. You know, like you know, we won the Revolutionary War, but they didn't stop trying to fuck with us. You know? Yeah. We have an international banking system. It says U.S. dollar on it, but it's not actually, you know, you know, from the U.S. It's a, somebody else's system. Oh, dude, I saw a picture. Just uh, side note, side tangent real quick. I saw a picture online, um, and it was like a picture of the, the IMF website, and it had mention of, like, cryptocurrency on it and Bitcoin. Hmm. So just food for thought there when the IMF is now talking about, you know, cryptocurrency. Well, they're trying to be more relevant, they're, and and it, and it's funny because you know there are a bunch of old people um, that don't understand what's going on. So, um, you know, their their currency is already digital, mostly. Yes, it's, it's just backed by guns. So, they're they're becoming not relevant. Duh. So yeah, it's it's funny to it's funny to see them. You know, it's it's funny to see them be kind of afraid that they need to market their bullshit you know <laughs> like like hey like we're we got digital currency too man like, <laughs> like huh like thought you were above all of that you know <laughs> yeah it, it, you know the weird thing is like we're gonna get old too right there, there's no avoiding that and i wonder how i wonder how we like me and you and and you know, other anarchists specifically are going to adapt to that mentality, right? Like, do we automatically become more conservative uh, as we get older and like try to poo-poo anything new that comes along? Or will we be able to recognize um, the advancements for what they are 
and then uh, like at uh, judge it accordingly, right? At, yeah, who knows? <laughs> who we'll knows? But it's going to be interesting. There. What's that? Yeah, we'll have to see when we get there. Yeah, I don't, but, I don't, but I don't want to think that I would do. That. I want to think that I could, you know, easily, yeah, I, easily and when vet I, these things. When out. I say, when I say old, I mean uh, old, old, old in a, a mental state like they're unable to see things for how they are only they can only see things for the way they built it so they depend on that system the way they built it and the way it's been for the last 50 years um so that's you know that's kind of the definition of conservative you know they just this is this is their system they don't want to let it go so yeah and then and the, there's people that are 20 year 20 years old that still have that old <clears throat> thought like like this stuff is, you know, the IMF and the Federal Reserve, that that's important. Like it hasn't been around forever. Okay. Federal Reserve has been around for a hundred years and, yep. and that could change, you know, <laughs> hopefully soon, hopefully soon, or, you know, or there, or they'll end up having to move into the same crypto space. Yeah. Right. Well, like it's I, mostly I, digital already and they'll just have like their own, you know, proprietary altcoin of some kind. Yeah. Well, what I hope for is competition. Right? And, and if they don't want to, and they just, you know, they, they, uh, they just print infinite, infinite dollars to, to buy all the crypto, um, then that's fine too. Cause you know, then everybody would be using crypto. Yeah. I just, I just brought that up as a side tangent. Cause I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny that even, even the IMF, right. You know, the, the, the global elite bank that runs everything in the shadows of the governments, Right or fine are you know starting to enter you know the the crypto bandwagon in in whatever yeah. form or fashion they happen to it, it's at least yeah. uh, publicly on their radar and instead of trying to hide it and say like it doesn't exist it's not a good thing and whatever it is they do yeah but I mean they they shouldn't say anything because that's not their job to say anything but you, you said it perfectly like they operate in the background in the shadows and <laughs> they're now they're just gonna change like. Uh... Oh, what are we, what are we doing, man? Like, <laughs> Alex Jones conspiracies were right. <laughs> Anything else? No. All right. So I went to court this week and, um, uh, something I want to say amazing happened in the courtroom and I want to take a teensy amount of credit for it because in my opinion and in my own ego, like I kind of led the charge now to set this up court sucked this week. Like nothing, nothing for me got done. It was a total waste of time. Um, so let me tell you the story and then kind of like, you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. So I get to court at nine 30 in the morning, like right on time court starts at nine 30. I'm in my seat. It's nine 30. I'm ready to go. Uh, got my letter, got my letter to the court. Um, I'm going to pull that up real quick. I'm not going to read the whole letter, but I just, <laughs> this is funny because as I get into the story, this, um, this will become part of it. Oh shoot. Maybe I won't. No, oh, we'll see. Okay. So, um, I'm, I'm going to court for driving without a license and there's uh, a couple of motions that haven't even been decided yet. It's been like months and they haven't even been decided on yet as to whether or not we should even proceed based on, you know, lack of evidence uh, from the cop. Because he, he pulled me over for speeding, 
uh, improper lane change. And then by that time, you know, once he, once he found out, once he pulled me over, he realized I didn't have a license. So that's what I'm going to quote for. So there's motions to suppress that evidence because he didn't have a radar gun. And, um, I'm going to claim that he said, she said that I used my turn signal, even though the lane came to an end and I don't really need to like signal to like, you know, merge into traffic because really who does that? Um, so I go, I, as I said before, like I, that's, that's why I'm in there. And, um, because we're going to trial, I'm like, I'm trying to demand my sixth amendment right to a trial by jury. And they're trying to take that away from me. Here's the weird thing, right? Like right on the defense, right on the defense table, there's a file of paperwork. And right in the front of that is like a waiver of jury, jury trial, right? Like you have to fill out a form saying like, you know, no, 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 I don't need a jury trial. And yet here I am having not filled out that form, demanding one, and they're trying to take it from me anyway. So uh, I put this, I, I wrote this letter to the court, which I'm not going to read, uh, but I'm just going to read like my conclusions um, that I'm submitting, that I, I'm submitting, I'm trying to submit to the court, but I ended up giving it to the, the fill-in public defender this past Thursday. So my, in conclusion, I assert the following. Uh, with no victim and no injury, the charges against me should be immediately dismissed with prejudice. Um, and up in the letter, I mentioned, you know, corpus delecti and what's required, uh, you know, what's, what's required by their own definition for a crime to have been committed. Um, conclusion number two, if the court believes that there is an, in, there, that if the court believes there to be an injured victim and therefore crime, my sixth amendment right to a public trial by jury must be honored, uh, as it falls within the category of all criminal prosecutions as worded in the sixth amendment. Number three, if the court wishes to deny me my sixth amendment right to a public trial by jury, on the basis of prior judicial rulings, um, and, and again, to insert real quick, my public defender has given me three citations, which I've read, analyzed, and, and reviewed, um, you know, as to why uh, my, my case does not qualify for a trial by jury under the Sixth Amendment. Um, then the judicial rulings appearing in Appendix A must also apply in this matter as they are equally relevant, if not more so. So Appendix A, if you go to, uh, I think it's like We Are Change or one of those sites, um, they have a, a list, like a four-page list of Supreme Court rulings um, and, and such that say, like, you don't need a, a license to travel about the public roadway, right? It's like, it's, it's right there. Um, so if, if they're going to say, like, no, no, if because of these three citations, you don't get a jury trial, then look at, you know, these 25 so um, some odd citations that say, I don't even need a license, so what are we, the fuck are we doing here? Uh, finally, number four, if the court wishes to proceed beyond these three assertions, uh, I will consider the following proceedings to be a mockery and a perversion of justice as the court will have shown a complete disregard for such. And I say this with the full expectation that the court will proceed onward with its theater to maintain the illusion of justice, uh, all rights reserved. And then my, the, whatever they consider my, my, my name to be. Um, so I hand this letter, uh, to the, the fill in public defender. I go, I, I, my other public defender knows what's going on. So I, you know, let, let's here's, here's, you know, my, my take on, on where we stand in the matter. Um, what do we do from here? So that's, that's kind of where, like, that's where my head is at um, as I get to court, 9.30 in the morning, sitting in my seat, ready to go. So 9.45, they call recess. I was like, damn, man, I'm only been here for, like, 15 minutes. Like, we're, we're at recess already? Um, so, so they take a recess, like, you know, 20 something, 15, 20 minutes or so, and they come back. And then 10.45, they call recess. I go, shit, man, it's only been, like, it's only been an hour since the last recess. Like, what are we doing? They've only, like, they've only processed, like, three or four people like they've, you know, they've called three or four people in a, like a full courtroom, you know, of, of dozens of us sitting there waiting our turn. They've, they've gone to like three or four, um, recess again. Right. And, and fortunately for me, there's a, 
there's a funny guy, funny fat dude, funny fat local dude sitting in the crowd in the galley. Um, and, and he's going to be the vocal one of us, like saying what we all think. He's like, what? Another recess? Um, so he's already pissed off, you know, and, and rightfully so. So 1045, they, they take another recess. Um, we come back in and then 1120 recess again. <laughs> so I, I text M right. Cause, um, you know, to, to keep her abreast of what's going on. I go like, um, we're not even two hours into court. They've already had three recesses, right? Like I don't, you know, this is going to take a while. Um, and so they, they, they do one at 1120 and then at noon, um, you know, they, so they take a, they take a recess at 1120, like, you know, 15, 20 minute recess. Then they come back in, they reconvene. And then at noon, they call another recess recess. So two and a half hours we're in court. They call like four recesses. Um, and then after they call the, the recess at noon, they come back and say like, you know what? We're just going to take our lunch break now. So you, you guys just come back at one. Is that okay? You know, just kind of everyone come back at one after lunch, go get some food and come on back. Right. So, you know, they, they probably called, you know, like less, less than two digit number of cases up in two and a half hours of sitting in court. Um, and they're already on their fourth recess and a break for lunch. Um, and by this, this time, you know, fat boy has had it. Like, he's like, what is this? Blah, 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 blah. And the bailiffs get on his case. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of like this dude. He should be at all my court uh, cases just to entertain me personally. Um, Now, what I want to take a little bit of credit for. Are you still there? Yep. Something booped and I don't know what booped. Okay. Um, What I do want to take a little bit of credit for is, you know, you, you, you get in there and you're sitting in your seat and the judge walks in. They go, all rise. Um, And everyone stands up. Except me. I don't even make a move. I don't even move. Like, you know, um, I think I get away with it a little bit more because I still carry my cane around with me. So it's like, eh, if, you know, if they get on my case, I'm either handicapped and don't want to stand up or uh, I'm a Quaker and you can go fuck yourself. I have a religious exemption, even though that's not entirely true. It's it's what <laughs> works. Um, so I don't even move. Right. And everyone sits down um, by the by the third recess. Right. Um, like maybe maybe. Uh, one third, uh, maybe, maybe half, well, one, about one third to a half of the people still remaining in court, um, you know, stand when they go, all rise, you know, and the judge leaves and then comes back and all right. And they stand again by the, by the time they broke for the lunch recess, right. No one stood up. They called like all rise for the judge to leave the room. And it was like, yeah, whatever, man. Like we, we, we've done this like four times already. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe like two people were, you know, got up to like get, you know, get their stuff and, and get out. But no, no one in the courtroom was having it. Um, so I, I would personally like to take my ego would personally like to take a little bit of credit in setting the example that, you know, you do not have to stand when they call all rise um, in court, number one. Um, and that there's that they won't do anything about it if you don't. Right. Like they didn't they didn't approach me. They didn't say anything like, hey, you got to do whatever. Like nothing, nothing was said. Nothing was done. Uh, they called all rise. I stayed seated. And by the time they, you know, pissed everyone off from all the recesses, um, everyone was like sitting with me, not maybe, maybe for their own personal reason. Um, but at least knowing that there was nothing that they were going to do and they didn't have to continue to, you know, genuflect and kneel uh, at the at the beck and call of the state to, to, to rise up. Uh, when the judge is entering and leaving the the courtroom, so that was fun. Like ho- hopefully, hopefully that translates when they when everyone else goes back to court on whatever date everyone else has to go back to court. Um, you know, to to them doing that more often and spreading that example like a ripple in the water, 
right? Like, you know, they, they won't stand on their own the next time because they saw me not do it. And then, you know, other people will see them not do it. And, uh, I, I want, I want just a little bit of credit for that. Um, even though it's probably not true. It's probably just everyone was annoyed, but whatever, you know, if they were annoyed and there wasn't me, you know, setting the example that you don't have to keep rising and standing and falling and whatever, when they call, uh, maybe they would have just like continued to, you know, stand and sit and do whatever they, they were told to do and, and moving on from there. Um, so that's part of it. So the rest of it is, so we, they break for lunch. Um, and during the, the recess prior, like the 11, the eleven twenty recess, um, I had my opportunity to finally talk to, um, you know, the, the fill in public defender. I gave him my letter and this is where it gets interesting because he goes, would you like us to withdraw from the case? And I went, no, why would you withdraw from the case? You know, I just, I just, you know, I, I know you're not the regular guy and you know, the other public defender, um, I dropped off these, I dropped off these citations to the office when I picked up, you know, his citations, right? Like I gave him these to review and I didn't hear anything. Um, so I kind of wanted to, him to like review the letter. I said that I want him to like review the letter, maybe, you know, edit it a little bit to make it, you know, more presentable, but this is the general message that I want to get across that I want to get across. Um, but I don't want you to withdraw. And he was like, well, we don't really like handle. He did the same thing they gave me the last time. He's like, well, we don't really handle these kind of cases or whatever. And I went, okay, like, I don't want to, I don't want to be rude, but clearly you're filling in for my regular public defender. Um, and my regular public defender, I have like, I've built a rapport with over these past few months, right? Like I've, I, he, he handled the interview. I've talked with him at all the other court hearings, like he seemed to be on board with how we proceed, right? So I don't, if, if you're not able to proceed because you don't have the same knowledge, information, and documents that he does, you know, I don't know what to do with you here, but clearly this needs to get to him first, right? So we have the built-in report. So it goes like, okay, um, I'll see if we can get another continuance, right? Another continuance. Um, uh, so you, so the regular public defender will be back, um, you know, at, at my side. I go, okay, that's great. Let's, let's, let's take care of that. Cause I have to be at work at one, right? Like, you know, this court usually does not take this long. So I, I gave up my morning shift to be here. And if it gets to one then I could have taken, I could have like worked my morning shift and then just come after work, you know, like let's, let's stop messing around here. So we go back in there and then they call the noon recess and they say, be back at one. And I go, well, that's, that's not going to work. Right. That's clearly not going to happen. Right. I have, I have places to be, I have things to do. So I wait, I wait till he's done talking with um, one of the other clients, the, the lady, in fact, that I happened to catch part of the trial with later. Um, and I pull him off the side and say like, all right, since we're just going for continuance, can I leave and you just waive my appearance and then just tell me later, you know, when I need to come back. Right. Like, you know, he's like, well, I can't, I can't guarantee, you know, that there won't be a, a bench warrant. I'm like, I don't want a bench warrant. Right. It's so like, whatever you can do to avoid a bench warrant, because I was here, I just have to go. And since we're going for continuance anyway, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do my, I'll, you know, he's giving me his, his stick of like no guarantees, but we'll see what can happen. I go, okay. The only date that I can't come back because I have a, a, a doctor's appointment already scheduled for months now, right? It's like June 28th, like just any day, any other, any other Thursday besides that, like the, the prior Thursday, the following Thursday, all good with me. Um, let's do that. Like, all right. So I leave, right? And I, okay, now I got to figure out like how to get in touch with them later to see, to make sure that there is no bench warrant 
you know, if there is a bench warrant, when am I going to go take care of that so I can, you know, get that removed and at least make an, make an appearance or whatever. Um, so I leave, I go to work and luckily the job is shorter than anticipated and we finish early. So I'm like, all right, like I've got time to go back. So I called the public defender's office, um, to go back, right? I'm like, let, let me talk to the guy, see if it's even worth my time to go back. And they're like, um, we don't know who it is. Like we, we thought it was the guy, you're a normal public defender that's supposed to be there. I'm like, well, it's not him. So who's covering for him? And they didn't know. So they gave me the number to the courthouse. So I called the courthouse and you know, this is uh, like maybe two thirty, two yeah, about two thirty in the afternoon or so. I'm like, is morning court still in session? And the guy goes, well, the morning court usually wraps up at like 1130 or so. So I don't think so. I was like, well, that's clearly not the case because I was in morning court this morning and they broke for lunch at noon. So can, can, you know, you or someone physically check to see if morning court is actually still in session. And if it's worth my time, you know, to come back and, and make my appearance or not, you know, he's like, well, you know, how long is it going to take you to get back here? I'm like, well, about, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes or so, depending on, depending on traffic. Um, and he so goes like, well, yeah, there's still a morning session. However, you know, they hard, they hard break at three 30. Like if you're not, if, if, you know, three 30 is like, they don't do anything after that. So you got to get, you got to get back before three 30. And even then they might not do anything because they might have just, they might've exhausted everything because they go to trials and after the trials, there's like sentencing and they have all this that they need to wrap up like hard stop at three 30. I'm like, all right, well, we'll see what happens. It's on my way home. I'll go check it out. Um, so I, I hustle my ass down there instead of half an hour, 45 minutes. I think I got there in like 20 minutes. Luckily not getting pulled over for speeding again on the freeway. So I get down there and the, you know, they're, they're in the, that's when I saw the trial that I described earlier. Um, and then after that wrapped up, you know, the, the, um, public defendant like looks at me and goes, Oh, you came back. I'm like, yep, made it back. Let's, you know, what's, what's going on. Um, and so they run through a whole bunch of other cases. They called like the last remaining people and they give them their continuances and whatever. And they go, okay, that concludes the calendar for the day. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm back. Like, you know, what's going on with me? And a public defender goes, um, we did, we did exactly what we talked about. There's no bench warrant this time. However, if you don't show up again next time, um, you know, then, then there will be. And I was like, well, I showed up this time. So like, I don't, let's, let's, re let's recall me and make my appearance, right? So that there's not a question of, there's no doubt that like I was here on this day, you know, to, 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 to handle these matters. And it's not, you know, it's not that I wasn't here. I just, you guys took too damn long. So let's recall it. He's like, well, we can't recall it. Cause we already got, you know, we already got your continuance, um, for the 28th. I go, that's not going to work. That was like the one day, dude, that I told you, like, don't set it for that day. Like I was very clear. I cannot come back on 28th. Like, you know, let's fix that. So the judge is like packing up his stuff, getting ready to walk out the office for the day or whatever. I'm like, hold on. Like we got, we got to like fucking take a timeout, you know, cause I'm not done here. Um, and so they, they, you know, they talk to the clerks and, you know, see, can, can we change the date or whatever? And like, where's the paperwork or whatever. Um, and, Lucky me, they ended up having to recall the case. So the judge had to pull all this stuff down, sit back down on his bench. The prosecutor's office lady had to come back into the courtroom to recall my case to change the date um, officially on the record. And so I got I got my appearance in and I got my new court date. Um, and that's that's like the, the only update. So the, the <laughs> I, I'm going to take my letter back to court when I go back the next time. 
Um, hopefully, my public defender will have a chance to review, edit, and you know make whatever changes he needs to the whole letter um, to move forward. And um, what's possible at this point is even he will go. Um, I, I, our office cannot submit this letter as it's written or whatever, or proceed with this defense as it is, and we need to withdraw from the case. And then we'll prolong this some bitch even further because now that's what they did to me the last time uh, when I presented similar evidence, and they they'll give me like my my uh, my constitute my Sixth Amendment constitutionally appointed uh, private attorney, uh, not just the public defender's office, and then I'll get to go through the whole rigmarole um, with that dude and see what happens. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but I want, I want this, I want the letter that I wrote either like entered into the record, um, or, or read into the record in some form or fashion. Um, because at this, you know, at, at this point I want the judge to know the prosecutor to know, and maybe even the cop as a witness to know, um, that, you know, no, no, that their, their options are so limited for what they're, what they're trying to squeeze out of me that it's probably like not even worth it. And I'm going to even, I'm going to even sweeten the deal, um, because if it's about the money, then it's, you know, it's not about their money. Um, like there, there, I can plea out, um, uh, for like a hundred dollar fine. And the, this is the funny, the best part about it is like, I'm not right. Like hundred bucks, you know, plead guilty or whatever. And, and we're done. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. Um, but I was going to offer them to, if they, if they no prosecute this, like, you know, drop the charges, um, I'll make a $150 donation. To a charity of their choice. So if it's if it's about me not having the money, then you can pick a charity to get the money, and you just drop the charges. And it's like you know, it's it's the best way I can think of to bribe them to not put uh, the conviction on the record, right? Like you know, then the next time I get busted, it'll be like second offense. Um, but I want I want I want to avoid first offense at all cost. Well, not at all cost, um, but at most cost, at one hundred fifty dollars worth of cost. Um, to, to get that, you know, to get that drop. So if they want, if, if they will accept my offer, uh, of $150 given to a charity, if they, uh, if they drop the charges, um, then that's like the final, my, the, my final line of defense, uh, before we actually have to go to court and put the cop on the stand and, and grill his ass as best, as best as a public defender and myself can do, which will be fun in and of itself. Um, because at that point I may just, I may find my, um, my Mark Stevens script, um, and ask and, uh, and make sure that the public defender asks the cops like those, those pressing questions as well. Cause that's always fun to do. Um, or the, not even the public defender or the, the, whatever counsel they, they give me at that point. So we're, we are now, when did I get pulled over? I got pulled over in November. So we are now seven months into this, <laughs> in, into like a, a hundred dollar fine, um, just stretching it out. And I was talking to a, a coworker of mine about it. Like I was telling him this whole story because, you know, I met him like in the middle. I didn't give him the conclusion because I was in the middle of it at the time. Um, but I remember the one time that I paid way too much for a private attorney um, for for a charge that um, was more legitimate than anything else I've gotten busted for. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he said, you want you want you want the prosecution to take as long as you can. Right. The longer this takes, the better it is for you, because there's more there's more things that can happen that can go wrong for the prosecution. Um, the longer it takes. So like your your right to a speedy trial is not always in your benefit. Right. The, the, the longer it takes, you know, the, the 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 cop, you know, doesn't remember who you are, doesn't remember what you're driving, doesn't remember any of the, the you know, the details of the case, because it, fucking human memories work like that. 
Um, or, you know, what, what luckily happened the last time is, um, you, you catch them sick a couple of days, right. And then you, then you win by default, right. And the state hates, the state hates losing. Um, but the only way you actually win is when you, when you win by default, cause they will do everything they can, uh, to make sure that they win. And even when you win by default, by default, the judge hates it, right? Like they, they reluctantly find you innocent or not guilty, you know, with prejudice or whatever. Um, so you, you extend it out as far as you can, as long as you can, as, as many of these continuations and continuances as you can, um, in the hopes that, you know, you catch the, the officer not there or the evidence not there or something, something that the prosecution can't move forward at that time. And then they just drop it. Right. Um, or, you know, however many times that it, that it takes to just drop it on some weird technicality, um, that, that goes in your favor, right? That, ha- that happened to me once I went to trial for, um, selling cigarettes to a minor. Um, and we went through all the rigmarole. They, they, they called the, the kid who showed up at the, you know, at the, at the gas station underage to buy the cigarettes. They had the officer, you know, testify who was standing behind her and watching me sell the cigarettes. You know, they had, they had all this, um, and they forgot to bring the cigarettes to court. So there was no evidence. <laughs> and so it got dismissed. Um, but that's, you know, that happens, that type of thing happens the longer you can extend um, these trials. And that was like probably the best advice that I got from an attorney. Like, I don't know if it was, it was worth what I ended up paying him for what he did at the time. Um, but that's, that's one of the pieces of advice that stays with me. Um, so if you happen to be going to trial or whatever, you know, the, the one, the one right that you don't want to necessarily waive nor exercise is the, the, uh, your right to a speedy trial. Cause it doesn't, doesn't work in your favor. Now getting the jury is going to be, you know, hard enough as it is if they don't drop the charges. So I don't, I'm curious to see, um, what becomes of that. Um, uh, but I'll, I'll have an update in a few weeks. MC. All right. That was fun. I mean, not for you, but <laughs> no, see, um, it is. That's the thing. It's totally fun for me. Like I'm, the, I'm the only person sitting there like smiling because of what's going on around me. Like I, this is one thing that even in losing, right. I enjoy making it difficult for them. Right. Like, I don't know how many times that prosecutor has to like, you know, walk into the courtroom and like see my face sitting there again, wondering what I've wondering what kind of nonsense I'm going to pull this time <laughs> rather than just take her goddamn fine. So she can stop, you know, stop looking at my case. That's the fun for me. Go on. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to add. All right. Um, we've got a few minutes. Do you want to you want to read through headlines or pick one? Um, yeah, just read through them. I don't know if we'll have time to get into it. But okay. Oh shoot, one of them is down. Okay. Um, headlines. It's the system, stupid. Selective outrage will not end government abuses. Uh, headline, Molon Labe, state bans popular AR-15 accessory, not a single person complies. Uh, headline, Crony, cronyism feeds on the success of capitalism, but it should not be confused with capitalism itself. And finally, headline, citizens fight back as city fines and arrest them for cracked driveways, improperly stacked firewood. Uh, I can probably blast through one of those and make a little time for comment if you want to, like, which one jumps out to you the most? Oh, cronyism is important, but it's just one of those things that some people just don't get. So, <laughs> Okay, do you, so do you want me to read through that one? It's not a long article. No, it's up to you. Okay, let's do that one then. Excuse me. Cronyism feeds on the success of capitalism, but it should not be confused with capitalism itself. 
It is only by the introduction of more capitalism, markets free of all corruptible interference, that cronyism will be diminished. Uh, it was a it was a high school English class where I first learned just how distorted the century-long debate over capitalism has become. While lecturing on Joseph Conrad's classic novella, Heart of Darkness, my teacher, a cantankerous man who dogmatically, whose dogmatic progressivism made classroom discussions more than a little uncomfortable, claimed that the brutal effects of colonialism described in the book were caused by capitalism. Yes, I thought in my sarcastic voice, nothing could encapsulate the free market better than government-led expeditions and expropriate property from its rightful owners and transfer it to taxpayer-subsidized businesses. Of course, my teacher was simply following in the footsteps of many others who unfortunately conflate what is often called crony capitalism uh, with capitalism proper. While the latter system respects the private property of individuals who buy and sell freely in an unbridled market, the former gives special privileges to certain individuals and corporations, usually to the detriment of everyone else. It is this system which gave rise to the cruel and uh, pitiless colonization of Africa in the 19th century. To the extent that businesses stop engaging in peaceful and voluntary transactions and instead use state-sponsored coercion to profit from the exploitation of the poor and helpless, it cannot appropriately be called capitalism. Indeed, it is often indistinguishable from historical forms of feudalism, fascism, and socialism. That such a simple category, category error should be made by a layman is disappointing, though not surprising. That it is made by a professional economist like Yanis Varoukovic of the University of Athens reflects just how deeply the confusion runs. In a recent article excerpted from his recently published book, uh, Varoukovic uh, provides us with perhaps the most laughable, simplistic caricature of capitalism to date. Stop blaming capitalism. <clears throat> Much like my former English teacher, Varoukovic seems to define capitalism as a symbiotic relationship between government and greedy businessmen who use the coercive powers of the state to advance their own interest. To demonstrate that it is this type of capitalism that, go, that dominates Western society in recent century, he asked that we go back to the beginning of market societies for a moment, to land when the serfs were being kicked off their ancestral lands. Uh, Verufakis uh, recounts how kings and their armies put down peasant rebellions and forcibly removed them from their lands at the behest of the new capitalist class, thus inaugurating a new social order in which the poor were relegated to the slums of big cities. And how do you think the new order underpinning the market society was maintained, Baruchafis asks. To put it simply, private wealth was built and then maintained on the back of state-sponsored violence. Uh, Baruchafis' account of the end of feudalism and its replacement by capitalism is dubious, to say the least. There are many reasons why the feudal system collapsed, war, political upheaval, and a general increase in trade, all happening over the course of centuries. It is true, of course, that the aristocrats of England evicted serfs from their land, often with the assistance of the state. But this was not a cause of capitalism, but rather a consequence of capitalism's development, as dynamic market forces made it less advantageous to maintain a system of serfdom. It was not by the power of the landed class that capitalism evolved. It was simply that capitalism provided new opportunity for the politically connected cronies to corrupt an already corrupt political system. What the critics failed to understand... It is this vital point that many critics of free markets fail to understand. They argue that the wealthy have always, that have and always will use the power of the state to their own advantage, and therefore capitalism is inherently corrupt and must be abolished. Uh, they, are, they are attempting to throw a, the baby out with the bathwater. Indeed, cronyism existed before capitalism, and once capitalism developed, cronyism fed on its success, just as it does today. And it is only by the introduction of more capitalism, markets free of all corruptible interference, that cronyism will be diminished. Uh, end of the article. Your thoughts, MC.
Yeah, I don't know. Everything makes me think about Bitcoin. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, Bitcoin could be corrupted in, sort of in a way, not not totally. But um, one of the things that, that the, the, the bankers are good at is high frequency trading. Um, and so, you know, they, they have enough or they could print enough U.S. dollars to, to uh, game the, the, the Bitcoin exchanges um, and to where most people lose. Um, and that's kind of the, the truth in the, in the stock market, too. People, most people that, that gamble on the stock, stock market either, you know, don't do any better than, than the average or they lose. Um, so for, for most people, it's just, it's just a waste of time and, and it's advantageous to the people who have uh, controls of the market. Um, so you know they they're, they're definitely targeting the uh, the Bitcoin market. Do the same thing that they do with the, the stock market. Okay. With control. So so uh, the the way around it would be to instead of using Bitcoin as purely uh, speculative, is to start start moving t- towards using cryptocurrency all the time. That way, the the manipulation won't won't really it won't really uh work work for the people trying to manipulate it um people could make their own decisions outside because they of, get squeezed out uh, by yeah, sheer sort of. volume I mean, yeah that could happen um that, that's happened before in the past with gold and silver when when they tried to corner the market on, on that um so uh but gold and silver is kind of a bad example because it is it is manipulated and one of the ways it's manipulated is, is through paper gold and silver so there's there's uh, like 10 times as much paper gold and silver out there than there is actual uh, physical gold and silver so um like like i said the way around that is to for everybody to trade an actual you know physical gold and silver and not and not trust somebody to have it in their vault um and so same thing with bitcoin except it's easier because it's easier to store bitcoin at home than it is uh, gold and silver right um, yeah, so lots of advantages for Bitcoin there, but um, it, it's 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 really up to you know people to uh, take responsibility, and that's and that's hard to do. Uh, most people want somebody else to take the risk and the responsibility and the work uh, to yep. manage that, manage their funds, and so that's that's kind of why you know, we're we're in the situation we're in. That mentality and attitude in general is why there's so much more workers than entrepreneurs. Yeah, well, well, that too, but that's also why government is so big. You want everybody else to help the poor. You want everybody, you know, if if all the people who really wanted to help the poor just went out and helped the poor, then we wouldn't need the government. You know? Yeah, I, I wish we had more time to get into it because on, on one of those shows that I listened to, um, the most absurd thing was said. Right, is the 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 commentator of the show basically said like he was trying to get into to government work. Uh, because when you're in government work, you wake up with like motivation to do the right thing. You're not, you're not like, you know, you're not limited to, you know, working for the, the shareholders um, and the, the corporation benefit. So government workers are actually those who are like intrinsically motivated to do the right thing every day of their lives because they right, don't have, right, to, they don't right. have anyone else to answer to. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Or Damn near lost my shit. <laughs> no, it, it's, but it's, it's not true. a calling a of, show because I can't of, set them straight. A lot of people think that way and and what's scary is a lot of people think that every job should be a government job um as if 
they couldn't you know mess that up and a lot of the people that think that way work for the military which is you know the biggest welfare jobs program on the earth yep and it, it's again it, it's just pervasive throughout society right it's it's those people that think that way that you know take over the government for their own their own self-interest um and they, then, then, then they pitch it on us as like doing the right thing for society as a whole. It's like, no, 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 you're still self-motivated. Um, you just don't have the honesty and the decency to admit it up front. Yeah. Or, or they just have no idea. Like <laughs> final thoughts. Like, oh, go well, ahead. I just wanted to plug the original one. Yeah. So, you know, with, with the girl on the beach, there's so many people like just, just read the posts that, that <clears throat> You know, we have to call them what they are. It's like bootlickers. Um, yeah, and it, it's just it's just so bizarre because like they they don't know how how much they worship people because they have a, a badge and a and a costume on. Um, yeah, and and there there is no waking them up, and and uh, so it is, it is kind of like the Matrix movie. They're they're part of that machine, and uh, and you know. Those, those are the ones you got to watch out for. You don't, you don't have to watch out for, for uh, the next Hitler. You got to watch out for when population gets saturated with enough people that will uh, just obey orders. Yeah, um, the next see something, say something. Yeah. The see something, say something society. Yeah, and, and that's what happened in China. It wasn't, it wasn't one guy. It was, it was everybody who just went along. And, uh, a lot, a lot of fear, and so. Yeah, don't don't be afraid of the cops. Give them the finger. Yeah, and then sue their asses when they assault you for giving them the finger because yeah. you have the right yeah, to do I, it and they can't do anything about it. I hope she wins because she's a, you know, she's gonna she's got a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, even her victory is a taxpayer defeat though because True. the cops not going to pay individually. But but the the real victory is against all the the bootlickers you know of course it's not going to change yeah yeah but it's like it's like hey idiots like exactly what she said when she was getting assaulted you can't do this (laughs) yeah and the the more appropriate thing is you have no right to do this right because he obviously can because he did right (laughs) it may be semantics right but just like my buddy who who couldn't carry out the beer right sure i can't watch me right but (laughs) You know, the, the, it, it's it's whether or not you have the right and whether or not you have any recourse once it happens is is right. what's up for debate. All right. Final thoughts? Because we're long now. Oh, no, that's it. Thanks. All right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us. Uh, AnarchistExperience.com, Facebook.com slash Anarchist Experience. Uh, if you want to join in on the discussion, the show notes, uh, the show prep, the, the one article that we read today, uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash anarchist experience is where you can uh, comment or post your own. And if you want to contribute to the show financially, Facebook, uh, excuse me, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.